So welcome to the sixth episode of the Joseph M. Leather podcast. Today I'm with Charlie from eQuest Leather, a business that is founded on craftsmanship and bringing some of the finest leather, buckles and thread to their customers. Handcrafted in England, eQuest is sold all around the world. They are a small business that takes care of their customers and quote, everything we make is everything we make is made by one person for another. We make sure our, our workshop list always has the customer's name along with their order product. At no time does anyone just become a number. We strongly believe keeping the link between the customer who has ordered from us and the individual craftsperson who made, made it is a key part of our formula. Welcome on the show, Charlie. Hi, Joseph. Nice to meet you. Uh, it's, good to, it's good to meet you as well. Um, sort of like I, I said briefly before, that two years ago, no leathercraft experience and... I came across a video by you and yeah, what you see now is sort of my development from that video and constant trials and errors. So yeah, so it's good to be able to talk to the person that actually got me into the craft. Well, thank you. Thank you for watching. And I'm, I'm really glad that it inspired you. Um, that's, that's sort of part of the reason that we shoot the videos and stuff like that really is, is, is to communicate the craft and it, it's it's amazing the feedback that we get from them there's a, a lot of people who have said exactly what you said and it always slightly made you know something that we've done has had that kind of impact on people it's it's really it's it's lovely to hear um and if ever you're having a bad day and somebody you know people like send us messages on instagram and say stuff like that and it's, it's really cool it's really it's really nice that that you're able to have that impact on people and inspire them to do something that you love and you value. So yeah, it's, it's, it's really nice to hear. Yeah. Do you, do you think that, cause I looked up the date of that video and that's from 2016. Do you think that there's been a huge yeah. increase of leather craft compared to back then? Uh, yeah. Pr I mean, probably it was happening before then as well. It's, a, yeah. it's the, the, uh, People are getting keener on making stuff with their hands from the point of view of like people physically making stuff from the point of view of people buying stuff. I think they're getting keener on people making things as well. But yeah, I think so. I mean, clearly we can take no credit for that. Uh, but but yeah, I think there's been a quite an upswing in interest in stuff like that. So like there's quite a big subreddit about leather craft and stuff like that. And like, I think if you went back to the 90s, probably it wasn't a thing. Yeah. You know, I think I think in the 90s, people would have thought, well, that's a massively unhip thing from the 70s. And and like we were forced to do it scout camp or whatever. And we don't want to ever do that again. And I think that the next like it's taken a generation for people to forget about that and move away from it. And to think, well, you know, this is this is a cool thing to do. And I, yeah, I, I think there's been a big, big upswing over sort of my my working life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the the, the, the the Internet has has yeah. changed everything entirely yeah. and it's it brings people together. Like in what it, it, if if the Internet didn't, you and I have ever had a conversation or yeah. would, how, how would you have ever seen a photograph inside my workshop? It's just, it's changed everything. Yeah, um, and I, it's, it's, it's inspired people to do stuff they'd never have thought of before because they've seen pretty pictures and they've, it's made it far more accessible. It's made a really niche thing kind of visible and accessible. And 
I, I've, I've got a friend who's a really, really high-end blacksmith, and, and you can see exactly the same thing from them as well. You know, there's there's uh, the the blacksmiths have had a massive upswing from more or less having died out entirely. Yeah. The art artist or artisan blacksmith is really hip and trendy again, mm-hmm. um, and w- can be seen all over Instagram and Facebook and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. You know, just if you think. 15 years or 20 years like could you have a business that operates like this you know because you don't deal with a lot of people face to face and it's so handy to be able to just you know work from home or you know wherever someone works from and just post to people all over the world it's yeah it's just yeah there's there's no way there's the, I did have have a business in the days before the internet doing this, and it basically didn't work in a in a meaningful way. The mm-hmm. the, the internet changed everything. Uh, yeah. The 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 internet is why uh, you can or we can do what we can do, and other people can can do what they can do because you, you we we sell more to individual streets in New York than we do to a hundred mile radius around here mm-hmm. um, because of the internet. Uh, and without that, it, it, it's, it would be entirely unviable to do what we do and what lots of other people do as well. Yeah. Uh, it, it makes makes it change change the world in huge ways for people like us. Yeah, yeah, it's it's absolutely remarkable, and yeah, it's, yeah, I know it's it's, and that's sort of the feedback I get from other people I speak to. It's just like the internet has helped, you know, advertisement through social media has helped is yeah it's it's, it's remarkable like everyone has sort is, of a yeah. similar yeah. similar story when it comes with it yeah well, yeah that, the world has become a much smaller place because of it yeah a much more connected place yeah um and it means that it means that we don't have kind of you know a, a radius of 50 miles around us to sell to or even england to sell to we've got the whole world to sell to, sell to. yeah and and you don't need to sell to uh, uh, in any any way a large proportion of those people to have a have a good business mm-hmm. um so yeah it, it it has it's 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 changed the leather industry completely yeah exactly and then and also where you can your supplies as well like the supply chain like you can just Gone. I think I was on the website yesterday looking for bridal leather, and it's just you know looking at such and such in this country, this country, and and it's just you just flick them an email. It's just the the supply chain. It's, it's certainly just... made made life easier. I mean, I, I think I think people probably always did buy like that, but they would have had catalogs or whatever, yeah. and they'd have done it by letter. I I bought at auction uh, last year and haven't really done anything with it since, but I bought a tool collection belonging to a man whose name I forget, uh, but he was demobbed from the army at the end of World War II, and I've got all the documentation for it. He wrote a letter to Osborne's, as in the toolmakers in, in America, mm-hmm. wanting to buy uh, his his workshop. He bought a workshop basically from Osborne's, um, and he did, he did exactly what you were doing, but he did it by post. Uh, so I've got all of the typed letters, all the correspondence yeah. between he and Osborne, and I've got his entire workshop contents basically sitting there waiting to be catalogued. So like, the, it's always been the same, but it's just faster and more efficient these days. Yeah. So I think that the the kind of the the back like the the business end, the buying leather and buying tools and stuff, has always been pretty global actually, surprisingly mm-hmm. so. Um, but but yeah, it's the, it's the getting to customers that's that's really really phenomenal. Mm-hmm. 
yeah. big change. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I know it's, it's only, and it's not that long ago either. You know, you're talking about less than a hundred years ago. So mm. in that time. Yeah. Well, even uh, um, like I, I started doing this 25 years ago, mm-hmm. um, and I'd have. I can't remember whether I'd have ordered by phone or by post, but I'd have, I'd have been looking at a physical paper catalogue, un, undoubtedly, because mm-hmm. well, there wouldn't have been anything else. Um, and, and yeah, so it's changed completely since I started. Yeah. And was it most of that stuff in the UK you got? Because you got a quite good selection of um, tanneries and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like... like to, to, um, all of my tools and all of all of my leather when I started would have been English. That the quite a lot of the leather is still English. Mm-hmm. Quite a lot of it's French and stuff like that as well now. But I've got I've got a fairly eclectic tool collection. Yeah. Uh, quite a lot of which is French and little bit of American, um, little bit of Korean and stuff like that. But but yeah yeah like, I mean, we've got we've got quite a thriving um, saddlery industry here. Mm-hmm. So you can you can you it's a good place to be, uh, yeah. for 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 sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know what it's like with with you guys. You, you you're quite a horsey nation, so I imagine you can probably get quite quite a lot there as well. Um, but yeah, we've got quite a quite a strong industry here for for some stuff anyway. Yeah, I don't reckon yeah. as big as England though. I know that it's interesting because Austra- a lot of Australian culture is has that British influence to it, which is quite interesting. Yeah. Like when it comes to schools, mm. like private mm. schools, like blazers, a lot of things yeah. are taken from the English, and I guess that's English heritage and English culture in us. Well, we are cousins and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I guess that was my first question because. So, what was your story? How did you get into leather work? Well, I've I come from a family where. There's there's sort of lots of old luggage and kind of leather work kicking around. So I've always grown up with nice leather work and seen it and kind of been influenced by it. When I was when I was a young man, I rode horses for a living rather than did saddlery. Um, but as part of that, obviously, I was I was involved with saddlery, which is leather work. Um, and I ended up. I was riding horses for a living, and my trainer was a guy who was a, uh, he worked for a company called Giddens, who became later part of Swain Aidney Brig. Uh, he was a master saddler with them and got fed up with it and uh, went back to training people to compete on horses. Um, and I ended up being based with him, uh, training to ride horses, and I picked up kind of the saddlery stuff from him um and ended up with with kind of a small saddlery business that was the start of equus effectively uh so the first equus belt was made when i was probably 20 which was 25 years ago um and this was pre-internet days so kind of the 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 world was very different than it was now and um it kind of remained a very small kind of rather part-time business and i went off and i went to university and i did some did some stuff after that i um i ran the training and finance function for 
um, a sort of a medium sized training business. Um, and the I ended up uh, the company changed hands and stuff like that. And I ended up as a contractor rather than an employee, um, which is always quite, quite, quite good because you get paid uh, more to do less work. So that's quite nice. Uh, but it, it, it meant I had had quite a lot more time. And some friends asked us, I, I, I had all my tools and stuff because I'd obviously bought them when I was 20 odd. Um, some friends had a charity garden party and they wanted you know, stalls to come and sell stuff to, to raise some money for charity. I thought, well, I, I'd, I'd been wanting to, I, I, I had all of my old belts, uh, but I'd fancied making something. And I thought, well, why don't I make some belts and I'll take them along to this garden party and, you know, I'll sell them for 20 quid or something. Uh, and I did. And they're really good. Uh, and, you know, we're, we're really surprised and thought, well, you know, and, and bought them left, right and centre. And I thought, well, you know, th this is the, this obviously there's something here uh, that wasn't originally. And we started going to kind of the local country fairs and stuff and selling online. And it just kind of took off and and went from there and the the rest is history and that was that was 13 or 14 years ago something like that wow um and because i was already working for myself kind of working for yourself in, in in a different capacity is pretty easy really it's not the massive leap of faith that would be giving up a a permanent job because uh, i didn't have a permanent job i was a contractor and uh you know so it, it was everything lined up yeah. in the right way and and the rest is history as they say yeah so so you did do saturday for a bit yeah okay wow that's yeah that was that's how i started yeah that's how i started yeah was making and and we still do, we still do a little bit yeah uh you know bridles and stuff like that um yeah. and yeah yeah so that's sort of that's really that's my professional background is saddlery. Yeah. Um, and leather leather goods came came later. Yeah. Uh, but but that that's that's why our stuff looks like it looks really is because actually really I'm a saddler. Um, yeah. That's my 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 background. Because I was I was actually going to ask you this because it, is the saddlery different to what it is in like a like is the saddles that you make in the UK are they different to what you see in Australia and on the in america is it more of the lighter they're, they're totally totally different than yeah. the western saddles you'd see in america yeah. i think that probably functionally identical to most of the saddles that you would see in australia okay. australia being more or less england in in the context of sport um whereas america like the, the american west is the american west and that's a whole different culture and ball yeah. game but kind of sport horses like we have in England, the sport horses like you have in Australia, yeah. and we compete at the same sports and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And likewise in in bits of America, but but, but there isn't there isn't the the Western influence. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ba basically, if if I, yeah, 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 it's 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 the same stuff really. Okay, yeah, they're more of the lighter, like littleish saddles. Is that the Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not not a great big thing that's designed for rounding up cattle. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's 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 great. And with the like, when you were making those belts, are they s sort of similar to what you sell now? Have you? Yes, yeah, so they're identical. Wow, uh, they're, they're, that's amazing. The, the ones we sell now are better made. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah the, the, they're they're 
functionally identical, probably even down to the details of the pattern from the ones I made 20 years ago. Just the ones I I, I make now are better. Yeah. Uh, but but if you if you took two and put them next door to each other, um, I'd be horrified by the stitching in in the the 20 year old ones. But but it's the same belt. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Wow. E- even the same. The, we, we use the same buckles for, yeah. for some of them. Um, yeah. 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 yeah abs- absolutely identical. Wow. Um, all, all that's changed is we've got better at what we do. Really. Yeah. Same leather. We use the, we use the same leather from the same suppliers and the same buckles from the same suppliers. Suppliers we did then. That's remarkable. Yeah. But when you when you touch a, a nice piece of bridal leather, like a bridal leather belt, it's it's black and white compared to polyurethane yeah, absolutely or, or even more or less any other leather it, it's yeah it's 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 very very good for for what it's what what it's intended for and it does it makes amazing belts makes really really yeah. good belts um yeah I'll, yeah yeah it, it is yeah well then i guess because you, you answered the next one so how did eQuest start with yeah so that's sort of um yeah you sort of explain that so then so what year would have that been 13 years ago uh, 2008 yeah that sounds right it was i think it was probably 2007 2007 yeah. rings about it kind of it all merges into one a bit but i think it was 2007 it was right at the start of the financial crisis yeah um so we we started a new business right at the the time when everything fell to bits when enron collapsed and the banks were falling down and all that kind of stuff yeah so yeah it was quite it was it was quite a challenging yeah. time um and yeah it, it was we started out very small in in uh, a back bedroom basically um yeah. and i obviously wasn't starting from scratch because i kind of i had i had more well a smaller tool collection than i do now but uh-huh. but nonetheless kind of the tools that i needed and the knowledge to use them and yeah so yeah started out in a back bedroom with a credit card and uh, some hope and an internet connection really wow. um and and uh yeah. yeah we we did we did when we first started we did do like the country shows uh-huh. so uh, you probably have the same yeah, over there you know you've got your local shows yeah, yeah exactly yeah. and we did stuff like that um but it, the 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 internet beckoned and it's a much more effective method of of selling stuff so we we just we just ended up doing that really yeah yeah can you sort of um with the global financial crisis because i know that i was in year seven when that happened and it didn't really affect australia as much I know from at the time so can you sort of like paint a picture in my head of because i know in the in, in the states it was like huge and i'm I, yeah I'm not, I'm not the really states in the uk okay yeah so what sort of i know it sounds such a stupid question well, like how would you explain it to yeah because it it was it... I mean, it was a time when uh, finance was not available. Yeah. The lots of like the there were in England there was one or two kind of runs on banks, as in people queuing like you know a massive queue like half a mile long of people all wanting to get their money out of wow. out of one or two of the banks because yeah. they they thought that the bank was going to collapse. 
so it was it was kind of pretty it was pretty serious really yeah um it it was it it was it it was an interesting time to be starting a business because we started so small we had no additional costs mm-hmm. um and we were younger and had smaller bills and you know you were able to and be, because i was i kind of i i was an it contractor at the time so i was able to do a bit of that and a bit of leather and stuff like that and and kind of worked through the the storm living rather hand to mouth and you know seeing what 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 would happen um it would be i mean it's functionally equivalent to starting a business in the middle of covid i suppose which lots yeah. of people have done done as well yeah um it, it, in quite a similar way in that they've seen an opportunity uh, in that they've got time and nothing much else to do and why not and and i suppose that's that's what what we did really is is there was some available time i had an idea that i thought would work and i thought you know well why not you know uh, it's 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 worth a try. I enjoy doing it, and people seem to be enthusiastic. So why not why not give it a go? Yeah. Um, but we we, I think the day I put the website, or certainly the week that I put the website live, we sold something, wow. which kind of cemented it in my my mind. Like with with no not with AdWords, not with anything like that. Just simply sticking it on the internet. Um, somebody bought something, mm-hmm. um, and and that that that. I, I distinctly remember that and thinking, well, kind of that has to bode quite well, you know. Yeah. Sort of, it's worth giving it a go. Mm-hmm. Was that in the UK or was it overseas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was ironically, it was a tub of leather feed uh, rather than anything we'd actually made, um, and it was to the UK. I can't remember. I, I can't remember anything more about it than that. But but that's that's what it was. It was a large tub of Cedric leather feed. It was our first ever internet sale, um, and and yeah, it happened basically instantly uh, yeah. which is is quite cool and, yeah. and it illustrates the power of the internet yeah so then how did like how did it how long did it take for you to be able to go fully full-time with because I, I think i think we, uh, we under, i can't remember i think we underestimate like perseverance these days because like viral viral videos viral you post something goes viral mm. You don't have that luxury I mean, back then. <laughs> no, I mean, I would think it might have taken a year or so yeah. of me doing kind of a bit of IT contracting, a bit of riding horses, a bit a bit of kind of random income generation activity in addition to, um, yeah, I would say maybe a year or so. Mm-hmm. Maybe a year or so. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. It, actually, it seems just, like quite a long time ago. I can't remember. Yeah. Um, so then how did your YouTube channel come about? Because YouTube, 2007, that's um, like one, year, one year old. Yeah. Is that the, um, the YouTube channel came about as a result of, well, the, of starting to make the films, basically. Mm-hmm. Um and for I think for the first one, we were thinking about how to release it after we'd we'd made it and what to do. Um, and the guys were really keen on Vimeo, which we still use, and they were adamant that YouTube was a really silly idea, and uh, definitely shouldn't put it on YouTube because yeah. not the right right audience. We want to do kind of we're doing high quality stuff, and none of this none of this YouTube nonsense. That's that's for amateurs. Um, 
and I said, I said you know it doesn't actually do any harm what's the, there's no harm in doing it like if people don't watch it they don't watch it like what what's the what's the problem in releasing it and it not being watched it doesn't cost anybody anything so yeah. we put it on youtube as well um and in a, a much smaller way once again that the rest is history that would have been the land and raised belt film and the watch Trap film and like the land and raised belt film is well over a million views last time i i saw it yeah, 1. Um, 6. and that was that was pretty popular more or less straight away mm-hmm. um versus our entirely minuscule vimeo audience um which we use to we, we use for like hosting the videos basically, but but the the actual number of watches is very very small versus YouTube, and it just seems like it, it's nice to get stuff out to a wider audience, um, mm-hmm. and it's not really about doing anything commercial or anything. It's just nice to 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 get kind of quality stuff in front of people, and what I've always the what what we do is slightly weird and quite expensive and rather niche and i've always felt that that it's our job as craftspeople or as business people in crafts to educate our our audience not necessarily the leather crafter audience because that's kind of that's just that's an accident and i never really i, I was never massively intending to make stuff for the leather crafter audience uh, i'm happy to do it but it was it was never really what we intended to do um but but it's it's kind of trying to show people that this is what why what we do is what we do and this is how we do it and like you get a lot of comments from partially from customers but partially like interestingly actually on youtube like uh, people who don't actually believe that you make things in the way that you say you make them, so it's kind yeah, of quite right. a nice way of showing people how things are made. Like e- even even despite the fact that you've completely just shown somebody how you make something on, on YouTube, I've given up reading the comments on on YouTube because they're the comments on YouTube. But, but like the number of time people pe- people say, well, yeah, this is this is lovely, but where's the factory in China and stuff? Not completely not getting the point that this is act. This is the factory. This is you are looking into it. Yeah. Uh, this is my workbench. Uh, this is this is not just marketing. This is actually how it happens. Yeah. And it's such a rare thing that people just don't believe it anymore, which is a bit sad that people have to be that cynical. And you can understand why. But yeah. Um, but I suppose that that was that was why I wanted to put stuff on YouTube. Is it just it's a nice way of reaching a wider audience and making making what you do a bit more transparent and visible to the public. Cause that, that's got to be a good thing for everybody. Yeah. Uh, it's good for us because it's, it's nice promotion. It's good for the craft because it, it you know, it, it helps people to understand why it's important and, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. So yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah. It's probably not a very coherent answer, but, but that's sort of the answer. No, it is true though, because, there's been such a spotlight and and such the reputation of some of these brands have been tarnished and you know from where these products are made how they make them marketing like marketing is mm. a huge thing like how deceptive marketing can be we try quite hard to do as much honesty in advertising yeah. as we can yeah uh, you've got to take pretty photographs but yeah uh, and it's acceptable to take photographs but it's it's not acceptable to take deceptive photographs yeah and there's there's it's not even a fine line it's quite a broad line uh about kind of what's what's acceptable and what's not and you 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 can't 
deceive or uh, seek to deceive with your photography. I don't think. Yeah. Um, it's 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 always a tough one. It's always a tough one. But the the big companies don't even try not to. I don't think. Yeah. Um, hardly anybody, in, in all honesty, probably tries not to. Yeah. Loads of people do exactly what, as you described earlier, like you know, uh, rub something with a bit of cloth, then say it's 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 a handmade shoe, and it's just it's rubbish, really. Yeah. Uh, it, it distresses me greatly. Oh yeah it made me as well it's ultimately you've got to deliver what it is you're advertising and i think it's really important that that you know you could you could tart everything up so it looks amazing always or play with the the color balance so colors are uh, the way that you'd like them to be rather than the way that they are and stuff but you ultimately you've got to deliver that product to a customer yeah. so you've got to be you've got to be truthful in in what you're portraying otherwise somebody's going to ring up and say well you know i bought this and it looks amazing in the photograph but actually it's not like that at all because which would be awful yeah well my sister she she bought something online the other day and she said it arrived in the mail and on the website they must have stuffed up the order it was like a, a red but when she got it it was like a fluorescent orange <laughs> Really? Yeah. I don't know, I don't know how. Yeah. It must have been a yeah. mix-up, but you know that's the extreme. But I doubt someone would be doing yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was looking on your YouTube channel. The first video was that Flint. What is it? The lined and raised belt. It's the edge finishing using the heated flint. Ah. Oh, fi- okay. Filler. Filler. But there's no. Yeah. The the comments are turned off on that one, but. Yeah, that lined and raised belt one. I actually made a belt watching from watching that video. I actually made a lined and raised belt. Did you? <laughs> I, cool. I got it. I got it in my cupboard. I'll, I'll, I'll get it and show you. But yeah, I, rem- dude. I remember I watched. I watched. That hard work. Oh, like I didn't have a splitter, so I had to get it split. Um, in Victoria, yeah. in New South Wales, by someone. Very. He did it for free as well, which was great. Mm. Um, when I got it split, came back and I like watched you know all the every scene in like detail and i managed yeah. i made one and the annoying thing was or what i found though is when you were stitching the top part onto the bottom part yeah it was it yeah. would like lift off like the stitching would make the other side lift off so there was a bit um yeah but it was a bit knackered through the but it wasn't as clean as yours like i noticed that when i changed the thread over because you can't stitch the whole thing off thread no no you can't there was like a strong indent of where i pulled the stitch line so there's sort of like a dent okay like a okay we don't make masses of them yeah uh, but we make we make quite a, we make quite a lot of them yeah um, they, they are definitely quite hard work i quite like making those actually because they, they're they're hard work because there's lots of stitching but they're actually really easy to make yeah uh, with hindsight compared with some of the stuff we make now which is really complex by comparison yeah. they're just quite they're quite refreshing because it's actually it's a relatively uh simple design because it goes back to kind of when we very first started really um yeah. and there's there's limited complexity and uh limited scope for error and and it's just that yeah they are i haven't made one for a little while actually but they are quite nice yeah they are you're the ones on the on yeah i actually i'll get it it's just it's my cupboard I'll show you it. Yeah, get it. Get it, go. Yeah, keeper looks good. See how there's like the... I'm not sure how. There's like the... Like when you, when I've changed stitches, 
see us like it's been I can't I really can't see it well enough to, to do it justice which is frustrating because I'd, I'd like to be able to see it you'll yeah. have to send me some photos yeah I will but uh from what know, little I can see it looks nice and it looks like it survived well yeah I don't wear it anymore I um I've noticed when you do wear it it, feel, it feels nice like it's a nice thick um, yeah they are they are we we um, we kind of deliberately keep ours kind of quite chunky because yeah. we do the calf belts and stuff as well. So we've got thin. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we, we kind of try to keep them kind of more or less six mil in the middle. Yeah. Um, which is kind of quite quite substantial, really. Yeah. Um, they are nice. They they take when they when they're broken in in particular, they're nice. But yeah. They're, they're definitely they're they're quite good chunky thing. I've still got the first one I ever made, which yeah. is upstairs. Yeah. Um, um, which is is it, it really hefty because I think I I split it with a really bad splitter that I had at the time and I didn't take very much off it and it's yeah. a it's a really thick belt I, I wonder how thick it actually is I'll have to measure it at some point yeah um, I should I should really get, uh, get some of the really old things out and take photographs and yeah you should because uh, it's it's always quite interesting yeah it was it was such a I was watching like every scene in detail to see what you were doing and. Um, it was a good. It was a good. You know, I was. I was. It's. It's really interesting. And I was doing more or less exactly the same thing, not with that video, but with. I can't remember which one. One it was. One of the other ones. And the. I was. I was looking at some of the stitching stuff because I'm. I'm mid uh, book writing at the moment. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's um, a good point. I need uh, to ask you that as well. And I was. Uh, I, I was writing, I think, the stitching chapter, mm-hmm. and like something that you do such a lot of, uh, it, it's like w- my brain doesn't necessarily automatically know what my hands do, mm-hmm. and the the videos, like in in part, are really clear, but actually, because they're shot to to kind of, to look pretty, really, it's not like a static, it's not a teaching video, it's not designed to be a teaching video, yeah. so you can't see everything, and it, it, it actually it must be really frustrating for people at times because like the the, the lovely pretty close-ups sh- show you some parts beautifully, but but kind of in, if you were if you were just trying to use them to learn, it would definitely be a bit frustrating. Um, at some stage, I'll have to to shoot some that are simply a static shot where you yeah. can just see everything. Well, uh, a bit. well, actually, I remember I learned because I was, I was watching different saddle stitching videos, and a lot of it was I, oh yeah, I focused on like your video because I and I sort of just copied what you did, like put the thread over and then, like flick it over. Don't know why it yeah. flicks over, but just flick it over. And um, yeah, yeah, I remember there was like some parts. It's like, well, like what's he doing? Like how? I think one of the parts that it was like mind-boggling in my head. Where do you know how you can get the stitches symmetrical on both sides? Yeah. Yeah, because I, I remember when I was, there was a point where I didn't like the, I loved the front stitch, but I didn't like the back stitch because it l- looks chunkier and, you know, and I was looking at that Lloyd wall, I was like, how did he get the, how did he get it, like, both sides, and it was like, oh, so frustrating, and then I, I think I, I managed to find a way to do it, I know that there's a part where you line the leather on top of the other leather, and you, you, you get the stitch lines, like, you line them all up. Yeah. And, reverse um, pricking have you have you come across uh right and left handed pricking irons oh yeah 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 i've heard them yeah yeah so you 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 book match pieces of leather um 
to, 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 cre to create what you're saying. So you've got basically an identical stitch on the front and the back. Okay. Um, in order to do that, you've got to have a print mark on the front and the back. Yeah. Um, and uh, to do that, uh, you've got to use a right-handed pricking iron and a left-handed pricking iron because the map, the stitch marks won't, won't match otherwise. Mm -hmm. So you, yeah, that's true. You, that's true because they sort uh, of go like this. Exactly, they'll cross. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got to use a right, a right on the front notionally, and you've got to use a left on the back notionally, presuming yeah. that you're a right-hander. Yeah. And you've got to perfectly line up the stitch marks such that when you're all goes through the front hole, it comes out of the back hole. Yeah. Um, and that's how you do it. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. That's 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 good. Well, that, that's one of the ways that, to do it anyway. That, that's that's the traditional classical method of doing wow, it. Okay. Uh, because it's the you need the prick mark in order to to have this the stitch yeah. sitting nicely on the back you can make it you can have a neat stitch line on the back without but you'll never get quite the degree of of kind of this the stitch sitting flush and looking nice yeah without without uh the hole the hole going into the back rather than the hole coming out of the back yeah. is crucial in how the stitch lies yeah yeah because um because i don't use pricking irons i did buy some pricking irons from abby but i found yeah they because i'm not used to using an all and it's yeah. I find that they were they were too little the the little the pricks that you put in. So I just used a normal. Yeah. Uh, I know it's, it's cheating. It's horrible. We used a stitching chisel. <laughs> they take the. But what I do though, I, it's not horrible. But hmm. what I do is there was two ways I was doing it. First, firstly, I was actually um, pricking. Like I was getting both pieces of leather and 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 punt like punching the holes with it and just lining it up, punching the holes with it and you know glue it together. But yeah. how I do it now is, when I glue it together, I'll just get my little stitching chisel and I'll just like tap a little bit so it doesn't go all the way through yeah. and go that all, yeah. all the way around. And then on the back side, you don't need to tap as hard, but as long as you get like a a little hole that goes through the leather, it lines up mm. fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can do all, all of those kinds of things. Yeah. The, um, for for a, a pricking iron like the ones you've got from Abbey, you need to use an awl. They're, yeah. the, because you've got the small holes, um, what you need is the... You've got a diamond awl, uh, which is, as the name suggests, diamond-shaped. So it's like triangular on each side. And the wide bit of the awl uh, stretches the hole as yeah. you... As you you push it all through so it makes a small hole temporarily big um so your needles and your thread will fit through yeah um so that's that's why you were struggling with it is because you, you um the hole was was too little yeah uh, so so uh, the learning to stitch with an oil is quite tricky but yeah. it, it does mean that you can do stuff like that uh much much more easily yeah is um do you need a do you need a smaller all for it because I think I got the three point one millimeter in like I think it's like the two point eight or the yes I think it's a two point eight nine stitches per inch or something like that. Do you need a smaller all for that or a small smaller needle? Um, yeah. Well, the the all should be about the same size as the as the hole that the pricking iron is making you don't yeah. want to physically make the hole bigger you just want to widen it slightly so your needles will go through yeah so probably relatively small okay. uh, abby will undoubtedly sell you one yeah so when you 
so it, when you do the the the, the right to left um, to make it line up is when you when you put the yep. needle through do you have to flick that piece over still the the thread over because when yes I... you still you still okay. you still you saddle stitch exactly the same as you always do okay um and the all you've done is effectively you've created a perfect hole that goes all the notionally all the way through the leather uh in in the saddlery world it's not strictly correct to make a hole that goes all the way through the leather mm-hmm. um although actually it can be quite useful at times um, yeah. When you're reverse pricking, you don't have to do that. You don't have your hole doesn't have to go all the way through because your all can go all the way through. Yeah. But what you have done is you've created a prick mark on the front and the back that match perfectly. Yeah. Uh, so you've got the two. You've got the two. The crosses don't cross. They're exactly the same size. Yeah. Or they're exactly the same orientation. Yeah. From the point of view of the all, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, because when I when I do it. My way, where it's it would be like that, like that. You don't have to, throw, yeah. You don't have to throw the leather, let uh, the thread over. You can just go straight through, and it it lines up like perfectly both sides. It could, yeah, yeah. But what you don't then have is you don't have a knot in the middle of your leather. You've just got the thread crossing, so yeah. it'll unravel more easily if the thread is damaged or something. Okay. So it's sort of. To a to a degree, it's not actually saddle stitch, uh, yeah. because uh, saddle stitch should have a oh, yeah. knot yeah. Uh, in the and and there's there's actually there are variations of saddle stitch where you wouldn't cast anyway. Uh, uh, for example, if you're if you're stitching really thin leather and you cast, it'll you'll get a really pretty angle on the back and and a dead straight stitch in the front because there's no room for the for the knot in the middle to go. So it's, so there there are situations where you can't cast, and it's kind of being a bit to say, well, that's not saddle stitch, is it? Uh, but but it it is a weaker stitch as a consequence. Okay. Uh, so it is probably it's probably better to to do it with with left and right uh, pricking irons if you can. Okay. Uh, but if what you're doing works for you and it gives you the look that you want, then that's that's obviously absolutely fine. Yeah. Um, but there there is a reason for the complexity. Uh, it's 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 not just people uh, making it complicated to to, yeah. to entertain themselves. Yeah, uh, it does it does work well. Yeah. Um, so, so so when the when the because when you said when you use the left and right and it lines up perfectly, yeah. is that is that no different to if you just punch all the way through with just a normal stitching chisel? It's it, it's it's a little bit different. It's okay. it's different in two in two respects. Um, if you're reverse pricking the the hole and and this is this is quite an important one the hole is going into the leather whereas if you've punched a hole or you've poked it with an awl the hole is coming out of the leather Mm -hmm. so that this the stitch will sit better because the hole is going into the leather okay Um, yeah that makes sense yeah and it's impossible to do that any other way than than reverse pricking yeah um the Generally speaking, a um, yeah. most of the tools that are designed to go all the way through leather are quite big and and crude as well. So you get a really big, quite crude hole. The, but there's there are there are pricking irons now that are designed to go all the way through thin leather that actually produces a, a hole just exactly as you, as you get from an all like the KS blades pricking irons produce a really elegant refined hole 
and yeah. I, I don't think there's anything we, we use we use them for some stuff and there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that yeah. uh, it, the, the, it works really nicely but the the pricking chisels are typically designed to go through quite thick leather yeah. so you've got a whacking great big tooth that leaves a really big hole yeah. um, and that then spoils your stitching because you've got a massive hole that you would have to use massive thread to fill and all that kind of stuff yeah. so it, it depends on the tool uh, yeah. but given 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 the right sort of uh pricking arm that's designed to go all the way through that that definitely works definitely yeah. does yeah that makes a lot more sense because yeah when you do punch all the way through you sort of get that leather sort of like pokes out of the hole yeah 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 never thought about um, yeah yeah okay so if you um what was i gonna say um oh so oh yeah so with the pricking irons how hard do you have to hit it yeah because i remember when i was using i was i was trying to use them like a stitching chisel like try and just get it through the leather because the all was just a pain to use. You don't need to press them that if hard. You, if you're just... No, not particularly hard. It needs okay. to penetrate the grain, but not much okay. more than that. Yeah. Um, you, you, want, you want to have a, a hole uh, that doesn't go all the way through, but that you could easily... F you, you should be able to find the hole with the tip of your all without looking at it. Um, yeah. So you're, you're using touch to to locate the hole not not kind of peering at it basically yeah because that's much faster you, using an all when you're good at it is much faster than not using an all because yeah. you, you use it to locate the hole and you use it to locate the the hole on the back of the work mm -hmm. so you, you poke your all through and you've got the blade sticking out of the back of the hole yeah. uh, you then use your index finger and your needle on your left hand to touch the all blade and then pull the all out, and then the needle just drops straight into the hole. So you don't need to kind of bend over and look at the back of, of the work. It just happens automatically. Yeah. Yeah, you've made me want to do that. Um, use pricking irons now. Because uh, I've seen... It, take, it takes quite... Well, with the with the, with the the all, is there... Because I, I just have like a cheap all. It's not a heavily... Um, it's not like a really good all is there is it night and day when it comes to alls like is it a cheap one good yeah, enough or not really a, a cheap one that you've titivated is is probably good enough okay. uh, they've got to be really smooth uh they've got to not have a sharp uh spiky point yeah. um they've got to be the right size rather like pricking irons if they if they if it's like a massively big blade and you're trying to stitch watch strap or something it's never going to work well yeah. uh but yeah i mean alls aren't particularly expensive really you can buy blades from somebody like blanchard for like a few pounds for a blade mm -hmm. um and w when you get them they'll be rubbish uh but the steel's good the design's good you just have to have to spend a bit of time polishing them and that yeah. yeah they're absolutely fine okay um but but they've, they've got to be they've got to be polished. That's yeah. that's what really makes the difference. And they'll polish in use, but they'll be absolutely appalling when 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 new if you don't. Um, and likewise for the cheap ones, but probably worse because they'll they'll be uh, rubbish steel as well. So they'll they'll be not polished and they'll bend. Yeah, is um is the polish? What sort of polish do you use? Um, if I if I possibly can, I buy them already nice, to be honest, because it takes quite a long time to do. But okay. uh, if if I bought like, and and I always used to uh, buy just like a 
sack of Blanchard all blades. Mm-hmm. Um, you probably start off on a fine water stone and uh, be, because it'll help you to keep the shape because you don't necessarily want to polish the shape away um, and polish them a bit. But then I would I'd put them on to like a, we obviously we use uh, polishing machines for buckles and stuff. Yeah. Um, so I've got got quite a substantial head start in that I can just poke it at a polishing machine and yeah. and get a get a lot of the scratches uh, polished out. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, that's. But it of, makes a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the things why I like about, um, you know, people who like you have who actually had like formal training in saddlery. Because it, 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 it feels like we're cheating, like people like me who have just picked up the craft and we've, we've learned, you know, how to make items, but you have, you know, the full background of... Well, I mean, yes and no, but, but a, a lot of what, what I do is self-taught as well. Yeah. Um, nobody's taught me to make uh, watch straps or wallets or calf belts or any of that kind of stuff. Um, we do... The, the 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 basics of what we do is is semantically correct uh but loads of the stuff that we do uh the master saddlers association would have a blue fit about um and we're, we're, we're you know we're not master saddlers and we don't do or, or a lot of the stuff we do they totally completely wouldn't 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 think is the right technique but it but it it just because it's not in the book doesn't make it right it just means that that's what we've had to invent in order to to kind of miniaturize and do all, all of that kind of stuff um and there's there's nothing at all wrong with with self-teaching uh yeah. it helps if you've got somebody who can teach you but 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 the internet and youtube and instagram is a wonderful resource and you can pick up a lot of stuff and certainly i have um and um you know if you if you want to do a particular thing and you've got nobody to help you do it then you you kind of have to work it out don't you mm-hmm. um and that that's that's fine there's nothing wrong with that and yeah. you're not cheating and yeah. uh, there's there's uh, there's there's good reasons for doing things in the right way and it helps to know that and it help it does obviously help to have some sort of formal background yeah. but but i do not in any way diminish what you've learned by yourself because there's nothing wrong with that yeah oh no that's that's great to hear because it, it's it's a craft not a you know it, it's it's this isn't well even mechanical engineering like a lot of people teach themselves and obviously you don't want to bridge to, fo- to fall down and stuff and you need some formal education but you, you know you, you look at instagram and and look at how many people how many engineers are are self-taught and just make stuff because it's fun and they want to learn things and it's it's how making things works it's 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 how you learn you learn by making things so you yeah no no, i think no that that makes a lot more sense and it's true because when i saw (coughs) when i when i was trying to figure out how to do the the symmetrical stitch and just like you know you have access to that little clip like and that and uh yeah you have to you have to come up with it yourself yeah it's um okay so it's, i'm just going back just so are you sure so doing the the right hand pricking iron left hand pricking iron so that that gives you that symmetrical both front end yes okay because yeah, in my okay so if if, if so, you if you look if you right so th- this is your i need, I need things 
I, I, as you can see, am not in a workshop. So we will have to ad lib. So, so why is it when... Well, in fact, we, we won't ad lib. We'll use a piece of paper. Okay. So just before you explain it, so why is it when you use a stitching yeah. chisel and you punch all the way through, it's on the same angle, you don't get yeah. that symmetrical... Um, you, you, you do actually, it's not, it's not as pronounced because the hole is, so remember with, with a stitching chisel, uh, or a pricking iron driven all the way through the hole is coming out of the leather. It's not going into the leather yeah, yeah. when you, when you use a pricking iron on the front, it's going into the leather and the going into the leatherness makes a big difference. Um, yeah, I've never thought, I've so, never thought of that ever. It really it helps the, the stitch to sit significantly. Massively amateurish drawing coming up. Oh, your camera which you probably won't be able well. to see anyway. Oh, is it? Yeah. It's not. It's not intentionally off. Whereas... Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I thought I wasn't sure, so I just didn't ask. No, 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 no. Oh, there you are. It, it, might, it might actually. It might not be a bad thing from the point of view of. Um... Bam. Right. Can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So to, top is right. Well, I, I, I can't, I'm not sure which way around I've drawn it anyway, but one is right, one is left. So if you visualise the them folding together like that, yeah. the, the prick marks become mirror images of each other. And, and the, 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 the thing with that is that both sides are pricked. So you've got, you've got a depression in the leather on both sides. Yeah. So you, you've done everything that you can in order to make the, the, thread sit nicely and that that's what gives you the symmetry yeah. um, if you were to prick all the way through with for example a ksb pricking iron you'd get exactly the same hole although it would it would be coming out of the back rather than going in yeah. so you wouldn't you wouldn't get as nice a stitch on the back but it would be symmetrical in as much as well it would be angled and yeah, it would it goes... be consistent and it would be yeah. neat yeah because i know that it goes uh, but... from oh, sorry go on the, I was just going to say it, it was um, what was I going to say? Uh, you would always, uh, it, presuming that you want the optimum result, you you would always reverse prick if you are able to, as in it's multiple layers that you're sticking together. Uh, if it's and that you can line them up. If it is a thing that you can't do that with, for example, a watch strap, because you'd never be able to line up the holes and stuff because it's a 3D object and lining it up is functionally impossible. You can't ever line up the lining with the, the face because you kind of make it all in one go. Um, you would have to use something. You'd have to, you can only pick the front, basically. Yeah. So you would, if you wanted as tidy a back as you possibly could, you would use basically a very refined stitching chisel, which is effectively a KSB or an Amy Young. Roke? No, Amy Roke. Pricky, yeah. uh, something that's designed to prick yeah. all the way through. Which a normal a normal pricking iron isn't designed to do that. You can kind of you can do it with a Blanchard or an Abbey pricking iron in a thin leather, but it's it, they're not really designed to do it. And yeah. so what you end up with is you end up with a really fat hole because that that those pricking irons are like oh, that yeah, and yeah. they're designed to go in and stop. Mm -hmm. Whereas something like a KSB or something like that is like that. It's very very parallel. Yeah. So you, it's functionally equivalent to an all going all the way through. Yeah. So with a KSB, what it means is that 
it's effectively creating perfect all work. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's it's. Yes, it's almost it's, like I'm interested in stitching, isn't it? Oh, I, I find it so fascinating, honestly. Because <laughs> I, I, that's the thing. Because if the stitching doesn't look good, it just ruins the the whole. Product. It does, yeah. Um, I know. I, I just I love this. I, yeah, I love the stitching. So. So yeah, because if you do use this the all on mm. such a you know like a two point eight uh, hole per like per inch sort of thing, is that yeah. opening the hole too much? Because especially like the Abbey ones, they're they're so you know close to each other. Is it? No, I mean that that's that that's uh, two point seven is a number ten. Uh, yeah, I think. And no, that's that's absolutely fine. That that's for that's for relatively fine work. Okay. Uh, but no, that, that's that's perfectly okay. And like, the Abbey ones won't be designed to penetrate all the way through. So yeah. if you beat them through a piece of leather, you're going to get a big hole on the surface. Yeah. And so the holes will kind of look closer together. Okay. Uh, but but those are those are pricking irons, so they're designed to mark the mark the grain. They're not designed to penetrate all the way through. Okay. Uh, uh, if using a ksb or something like that yeah um you, you wouldn't well you, you wouldn't want to use a ksb on a piece of, uh, of bridle leather really it would be something thin it would be like a calf something or something yeah. like that uh but yeah the the, the the i suppose it's using the right pricking iron for the right task and yeah. using like basically if you want nice stitching in bridle leather you you need to prick and then use an all you don't really have a choice yeah. uh, because there are no pricking irons that are designed to be driven through four mil of bridle leather yeah. that aren't going to just leave a massive hole in the surface. Yeah. So you, it's impossible to get nice stitching like that. It's yeah. just there's no way of doing it. Um, yeah. So with the um, so because I know that with when you the thread when you go all the way through it goes from right to left yeah. on the front side and left to right on the back side. Doing it your way. You get right to left, right to left. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. You see, I would never have thought that ever. It's, it's some. Would you? No, the. No, I'm. I'm not even. I'm not wearing one of my watch straps, which is a slightly unusual thing. You might recognize oh, that. Yeah. Do you recognize that? Yeah, I like that. Is that from the video? That that that. Yes, that's that's oh, the wow. from the, that's the wallet from the Lloyd coat wallet video. You should, uh, which is quite a cool thing. You should put that on a. You should put it on auction. See, you might get something for it. <laughs> so that this is all reverse print. It's actually because it was made whilst I had a camera in my face. The stitching isn't particularly amazing. Can you actually? I don't know how. Is the no? It's it's like is my picture quality awful? Yeah, it's, 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 you can't really see. But so looking at that. So that's. That, that's aged no, well, that, you're that getting, wallet. That's aged really good. Yeah. Actually, I didn't really use it for quite a long time. Yeah. Um, it's only been relatively recently that I've used it. I'm trying to find a, re a really good example because I'm I'm intrigued. So... No, you, you, you're, you've, you've got the opposite because the two, the two threads are still doing that. Okay, um, it's just a clean over. But they're doing, yeah, they're kind okay. of doing that basically. Because like you, when you stitch, you follow the stitch lines, don't you? So you've got the two halves of the thread, yeah. and you've you've got them up into the into the two opposing corners of the stitch. Yeah. So you've got one there, 
and you've got one up, and then you, you, you effectively you reverse to the next stitch, don't you? Yeah, I was making my friend a missile cover yesterday, a couple of days ago, and I found that when I was pulling it like this, the because it was only mm. one piece of leather, one one point five millimeters, the I was just having some terrible time with it. Like a thin piece of leather, I find that you have to pull. If I pull straight and do like a little yeah. tug, it will, it will, it will um, make it really nice. But I find if you use, if it's like a, a more leather, you can you can get away with doing, yeah, that all the way. Th- through. Thicker leather's way easier. Thin yeah. leather's really hard. Uh, if if it gets thin enough, you simply can't cast at all. If you, yeah, uh, but. The, there's loads of there's there's loads of variations of the saddle stitch for for different circumstances like that yeah. and um, as you gain experience you kind of you work out a, like well you know what's what's going to happen in in particular circumstances and you the there are lots of of little compromises to make um, yeah. as to how you want the stitch to look mm-hmm. um, there are there are it's always difficult if you want the stitch on both sides to look nice. That's that's the hardest situation, yeah. really, yeah. is working out how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, going back to your book, uh, that, yeah, you actually reminded me. So you're, you're writing the book. Yeah. Um, yes. I saw that on your Instagram, and it's like, Charlie put me down for, like, pre-order, like, first copy. Like, oh, <laughs> signed first copy. There will, there will certainly be some signed copies. Um, it's hopefully due out at the back end of this year. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's getting there slowly. Still still plenty of work to do. Um, yeah. And then it'll obviously take a while in production and stuff. Um, relatively small book, a kind of an introductory guide mm-hmm. with with hopefully some stuff in there for everybody. Yeah. Um, but but not, not, not discussing stitching in the depth that we've just discussed it yeah. now, for example. Yeah. It's it's a book to kind of get you going, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I suppose you could say it's it, it's it's not designed as an accompaniment to like the YouTube channel and stuff. But I suppose if you were looking at the YouTube channel, thinking I'd like to have a go at this, mm-hmm. not really knowing where to start, it's 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 for you at that point of your career. Um, I, I'd actually I'd quite like to write something that is is discussing stitching at a greater depth than we've been talking about it because I. It, I, I it, I've spent an awful lot of my life stitching, and I—it's I, a subject I really enjoy, yeah. um, and kind of aspect is is really interesting. So I I, I hope there'll be more books, um, but yeah, the fir- the first one is 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 well I should I, I should really be writing uh, because deadlines deadlines are looming. Yeah, I'm looking looking at this, and actually I, I suspect I was talking rubbish. The stitching on both sides of this is is definitely angled the same. And this was definitely stitched all the way through. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I can't show you. It's really deceiving because when you when you look at something from one side, you turn it round to look at the other. So the stitching the stitch angle looks like it's different on both sides. But if you do it from like start off from there and then flip it, so you're looking at the stitching all the way around. It is it's de- it's definitely the same angle on both sides. Is it so right uh, right to left right to left? Yeah, that was this that was stitched by lefty. So it's 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 the other way around. Uh, but yeah. Wow, that that's yeah. I would never have thought of that. That's uh. Okay, so yeah, so when you're a left-hander, you, it goes from left to right, left to right. 
Because, you, yeah, you'd use the left hand for kicking yeah. iron on the front okay. so everything is backwards. Yeah. It gets really complicated and really confusing. <laughs> yeah. How much will your book be by any chance? Just, just... Do you know what? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, uh, that being in the hands of the publishers, I'm I'm concerning myself with the writing and the, and the yeah. photography rather than the the the, the uh, evil commerce. Uh, but I th- I don't think it'll be particularly expensive. I'm, I I suspect kind of teens of pounds. Um, but uh, so it's it's hopefully it's fairly it's fairly accessible. I think. Yeah. Um, and I think it will also be available in, on the Kindle and stuff like that as well, yeah. which yeah. might be cheaper again. Yeah. Um, but I, I should know I should know the answer really, but unfortunately I don't. Yeah. Uh, at, at the moment. Yeah. No, I I, I want to get one. That's for sure. So. <laughs> well, um, what, what uh, I think what we'll try to do is we'll we'll have them on the website and stuff as well. So yeah. obviously they'll be available in all good bookshops, etc. But they'll also, will also be available directly from us. Oh, that's handy. Um, and via Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so so yeah, we'll do that. Yeah. The Lloyd Coat. Oh, should do you, do you want to answer that or not worry about that? So, the, uh, yeah, Lloyd about, about why did we shoot the video or about the Wallace itself? Uh, sort of both. The, yeah. the Wallace itself, uh, well, the design was based around the design of a wallet uh, I inherited from my grandfather. I found in a chest of drawers. In fact, I inherited from my grandfather. Uh, and I've always quite liked wallets. I used to have a nice uh, a style called a farmer's wallet mm-hmm. um, that uh, I had from when I was quite young. And it was silk lined, so, so it fell to bits in the end. And I wanted to get another one. And... Uh, Swain, Aidney, Brig, I think, were the only people that made them uh, at one time. But then they stopped making them when I wanted to get one. So I couldn't, I could, I could not find the wallet that I wanted. And I had this one of my grandfather's, and I thought, well, um, okay, we'll, we'll, we'll make basic design from this. And I did. And um, I can't remember. I think, I think it was, it was. That was the point at which we decided to shoot the live coat wallet. So I think you can't see now, but I'm holding in my hand the second live coat wallet ever made. I made a prototype um, in leather. I probably made several prototypes in in paper, which is what I normally do. Yeah. Uh, but the second one ever made was made was filmed, um, wow. and people people watched it. Be well, five million people watched it being made, um, and yeah. Uh, I think in terms of why we chose it for a video, it was just, it's just an interesting thing to watch being made really, isn't mm. it? Um, I think that was, that was primarily the inspiration. Like we'd, we'd, we'd shot the Lined and Raised film probably the year earlier, or it might even have been in the same year. It might've been six months earlier. And I guess we were between us thinking, you know, what, what should we shoot for the next one? Because people seem to like it, so we should do it again. Mm-hmm. And we were working on wallets, so we thought, well, why not shoot a wallet? Um, and, yeah, it's just, it was the right product at the right time. And and that was, yeah, that was why we did it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, it's, um, uh, yeah, I like that, that wallet. It's, it's very nice. Yeah, it's, 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 it's quite cool to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, it, it's it's nice to have it. That's why I started using it again. Was, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's such a shame to to, to not use it yeah. uh, because it's you know 
five million people have watched it being made, it sort of seems a bit of a shame not to use it. So I, ha I have been, um, yeah. and it's 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 quite nice uh, having you... a little bit of Equus history. Yes, yes, that's true. That's true. Did you did you sell many like from that video? Did did it? Because I remember like I remember, I think uh, I was reading it's the... impossible to say for certain. I mean, yes, some. Uh, not 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 a massive kind of earth-shattering number or anything. We yeah. didn't have a massive huge run on on wallets or anything. Because I mean, ultimately they're expensive things. Yeah. And the the um, you know the the majority of the people watching it uh, didn't didn't even look at the website, let alone go and buy anything. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, we we definitely we definitely have sold things as as a result of it. It's it's hard to quantify really. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's more it's more it's more perhaps people that people know our name a bit more now than than we've yeah. sold lots of wallets off the yeah. back of it really. Yeah. And that, the sort of the next question ties into what we we're talking about before, where because like you said the video so the videos you shoot are the tools you use like every day. It's not just you know hey, yeah, yeah absolutely we're yeah. doing yeah 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 so, and and the the yeah like it's it's i mean you can't particularly for the more complicated products you can't really shoot stuff in a linear manner because it takes quite a long time to make some of the products mm -hmm. so for example for the attache case mm -hmm. we didn't shoot um the the making of it in a linear manner because it takes a week to make one of one of the, the cases yeah. And you can't uh, realistically have a film film crew sitting around for a day or two <laughs> whilst you do something boring um, until you you pick them up for ten minutes, you know. So we we made I think three uh, pre-prepared kind of stages of briefcase. Yeah. So uh, we you know you could start off with uh, cutting of the leather and stuff. Yeah. Um, and. And then move on in, in, in a reasonably timely manner to the next stage. And like the processes that that you you see in the videos, or uh, talking about the attaché one in particular, the processes that you see in the video are the real processes. Yeah. But but there has to be a certain amount of kind of yeah. to yeah. kind of make the timelines work. Yeah. Um, well, and everything that has been done to the thing that you see is the thing that you see being done. It just might have happened to version one or version two of it. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like the the my workbench is my workbench, and it's I, I've moved things around ever so slightly since the uh, the coat wallet video. So, but my workbench is about eight inches away from where it was in that video, um, yeah. and the clams that you see in in the video are the clams that I was using earlier on today. Um, and yeah, yeah, I mean it's it's probably not one hundred percent identical, uh, but it's ninety nine point five percent identical. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just, yeah, yeah. Okay. It, it is. P people quite often don't believe it, but it is. It, wow. it, the film, the filming is reality. Uh, yeah. It's, it's reality made to look tidy and quite pretty, but it's, it is reality. That's nice. I like that. So, so you cut all your leather by hand. You don't use like leather dyes. Like to... Well, we, 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 we use dyes for one or two things. For yeah. the watch straps, uh, in, in some of the sizes we use dyes yeah. uh, because the tolerances for the watch straps are so incredibly fiddly um, that if you want to repeatedly cut 
20.25 millimeters tapering <laughs> to 17.99 millimeters uh, a die is actually the best solution to that yeah. um we we cut quite a lot of the watch straps by hand because people want weird sizes uh but we do we use dies a little bit for them okay. uh but for for example for basically everything else we don't like the pictures uh you might have seen earlier on on, on instagram um of uh, a batch of briefcases they were completely all cut by hand uh which took probably two days to cut out all the panels for four briefcases yeah. um so there, there 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 are elements of using machines a little bit in there but but yeah. pretty much we do it all by hand really yeah yeah i do i do like your briefcases well let's think i'm not really i'm not really against dyes because it's it's easier just to... There's a time and a place for all Yeah, them. yeah, like, exactly. Especially when you, you like you said, tolerances and, yeah, it's, and it's, it's just, you get in the shape of the leather. You know, you can always, you can still, there's still many things you have to do to the leather that you can ruin it, so... Um, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, so yeah, so as your, as your business grew, because you, you're doing things um, that are so precise and, you know, using pricking nines and that sort of stuff... So as your business grows and you get more customers, was there a point where you sort of had that? Um, should you know you can we can get machines to do this sort of stuff? It would be a lot more easier to because we're getting more customers. Was it hard to? Be easier. Um, we've, we've always we've no. I mean, it's not hard to to uh make the decision because it's the right decision to make the yeah. fundamentally what we do is is about making stuff by hand um and the 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 obvious decision would be right well do we just get some sewing machines and some sewing machine operators and that would make life an awful lot easier and it absolutely totally would make life an awful lot easier um and it's what more or less everybody else does at a certain stage of their business life is they either offshore everything or they mechanize everything and we always have and continue to resist any temptation to to do it despite the fact that it would make life immeasurably easier really mm -hmm. Um, because it's not it's not actually what we do it's not that the root of of our stuff is that it's handmade um, and it, it seems like it would be the wrong thing to do to to change that um, yeah. which is possibly a, a slightly silly decision to make but it's what we've always done and what I intend that we'll continue to really I mean, there's, with stuff like saddle stitching, it, it does make life very difficult because it's a difficult thing to learn. It's therefore difficult to recruit people who are useful. It takes years to train them if you do recruit them um, and all of, all of that kind of stuff. So it's kind of quite a big commitment to doing things properly. But I, I think it's also why we, we have a fairly unique business and yeah. hopefully people like what we do and kind of come back to us and stuff. Yeah. Um, and it, I guess it's what makes us uh, not unique, but what it, it, it's 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 our USP, I suppose, uh, yeah. that we do things in the way that we do them, and we we try to be really explicit in in like uh, saying uh, what we do and how we do it, and that yeah. that is how we do it. Yeah, yeah. And I, I we we've you know we, we've we've got a little bit more machinery than we we had when we first started, but pretty pretty minor amounts really yeah 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 that, and that's the thing um, for instance we, 
we don't own a single sewing machine. Yeah. Uh, there is there are zero sewing machines on the premises, even for prototyping and stuff, uh, where yeah. it would would be probably sensible. We just don't own one. Yeah. Um, so we can't use one. Wow. Um. Yeah. So so, so then, how do you, how do your customers take that? Because, like you said, well, um, I, I read on your website. You know, it's a, you say it, we, we prioritize good over fast. This flies in the face of the Amazons of this world, etc. But it's the core of what we do. How do customers, some customers, take that when you tell them, "Hey, this is going to take eight weeks to make or twelve weeks to create"? Is there... generally quite well? Okay. Yeah. I mean, they, they, some some people have completely failed to notice the the point of the, of the business, obviously. Um, and and are surprised that that it's not going to appear tomorrow. But I mean, generally speaking, pe- people have taken on board what it is that we do, which is why they bought from us. But actually, even the ones that haven't, if you explain uh, the 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 ethos behind why things take a while, they get it and they buy into it and they like it. And yeah. I mean, if they don't, then that's fine. They don't, and yeah. there's not much we can do about that. We either don't sell things to them, which is fine, or you know that's it really yeah. um but on on the whole people people get it and like it yeah um not everybody and and you know the, you have to expectation manage and all that kind of stuff um but yeah pre- pretty 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 well on the whole really? it's what we've always done we've always had a waiting list we've always had a queue um if if things take longer than you told people they would take then they can get a little a little more uh uh bored by by the process but generally speaking people are fine about it yeah uh, is 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 our understanding we, we we try we try to stick to our time scales as much as we can uh because that's when people can get a bit frustrated which yeah. is completely understandable um but we still nonetheless even at that point we still maintain good not quick um yeah. And, you know, there's, there is only so fast we can go and there's only so fast we will go um, yeah. because we, we, we make things the way that we make them. And that's, yeah. that's just, you know, uh, the good, not quick. Yeah. Cause so you have, you have a, I've noticed on your website, you say that you have a small team. Does, does one person yeah. make each individual product or is it sort of split between? No, workers? no, it's yeah. It pretty much, it pretty much is always one person makes one thing really uh if if there's an apprentice then uh at at stages in their apprenticeship their their job is probably helping somebody else because that's how you learn so at that point you couldn't really you couldn't say as convincingly that one person makes one thing because they've probably got an apprentice who might be edge finishing for them or you know doing stuff like that um, and you know there are times obviously when we help each other out and things like that or somebody you know somebody does somebody a favor and helps but generally speaking yeah yeah uh, one person makes one thing That's uh, right. yeah. because you've got you, somebody has to be responsible for that thing uh, because if you don't have ownership of the thing then whose whose problem is is it if it's not very good uh, it's like got to be somebody's point. problem yeah. um, so it's really important that somebody has ownership of of a of a thing being made and, and it's their, their thing to make sure that it's good. Yeah. Um, I think. No, I do like that because yeah, you, you, like the, the typical manufacturing is like one person does, or in my case, it, you know, it was just one person doing one thing constantly. And it, yeah, it, 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 
you know, when I when I first got into leather work, it's I think what what drew me, you know, when you're making something for someone, you you put in all your everything into that one thing. You know, it's not just cutting yeah. the leather out and passing it on to someone else. It's like you're doing the cutting, the stitching, the burnishing. Yeah, all of you are is in in that one product, and it just yeah, I agree. I find that even if you are a worker, that's more it's more inspiring as opposed to if you're just yeah absolutely cutting cutting all day and yeah, that's it definitely definitely no I, I completely agree it's it's really important that that somebody has ownership of, of a product uh, if you want the product to be good it make you make better products like that you, it's probably it's more efficient to to have have an assembly line uh t- technique um but it's you make better products having a, a workshop technique where a, a person makes a thing yeah so some of the so this is, I guess I'll sort of mold these questions together. So what items are you inspired by? And sort of talking about like, you know, you, that briefcase and that attache case. Because I know that your style is, is very English and that yeah. classical English. And, I, and that's that's my style as well. That's I think that's why I like your website so well because it is mm. that, that smooth, elegant, but simple English style. And I know that like the like if you look at Japanese and south korea taiwan they sort of have that english style they do well. actually yeah they do different different kind of color palettes um mm-hmm. but yeah they definitely do yeah i, I agree I, I i like i like a lot of the japanese and korean stuff uh, yeah. both tools and and leather work so some of them are really 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 good like like really really good mm-hmm. um better than me certainly um, some of them, some of them are some of the the work they produce is beautifully clean and and uh, just immaculate, really. If, yeah. if Instagram is to be believed, anyway. I mean, I think I I I kind of look back at the old leather work, really. Yeah. That's that's what tends to inspire me. I I think that the probably the heyday of leather skill has passed and and possibly we're, we're working back towards it again um but i think probably the 19 well back end of the 19th century start of the 20th century really was when the leather work was at its peak and if you look at some of the hand stitching and stuff that was done then in some of the goods that that you can still find kicking around that some of the work was amazing and and uh, beautifully done um, with with some machinery, but but a lot of it was by hand. Yeah. Um, so I, I often look back for inspiration rather than looking forward. But I agree. I I think there's a there's a lot of nice stuff coming out of Japan and Korea now, and I definitely look at photographs of some of the guys on. I'm pleased that they're on a different continent than me, um, <laughs> and 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 we're not competing for all the same customers because they're doing really really good stuff. Yeah, it's um, remarkable. Like shell, shell, and quarter, get, shell quarter van is wallets and yeah, yeah, just lovely clean work. Which that's kind of that's what I like to for us to produce is clean, elegant, mm-hmm. uh, not masses of detail, but just just kind of the um, not overworked, kind of really pristine looking, clean stuff. And and a lot of those guys are doing doing exactly that. Um, and I guess I, the it's sort of it's the traditional designs, but kind of tweaked a bit, I suppose, and kind of contemporary designs, but but certainly a lot of a lot of my inspiration for the shapes 
and all of that kind of stuff is is kind of i guess 1920s yeah really 1910s 1920s maybe yeah yeah and um and my like my own archive of stuff really i suppose yeah yeah i i like this the same style it's just a yeah it's just it's like it's a complete style but it's so simple yeah it's i'm talking about your briefcase and your attache uh mm. that briefcase is absolutely remarkable i was looking at photos of it and it's just everything is just even d- down to the um that little tag thing on the back it's just the hand stitching and when it and Thank i and, that's, and i and nothing so i know where you like your threads from your buckles are from and it's just like Mm. just on, it's on point um how thank you we, we we tried hard with that the the the, the um yeah 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 we 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 did our best to produce something uh good with that and we 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 like the 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 bags and the cases uh it's it's an interesting um uh thing to be working on really yeah yeah it's just yes it's so classic the and with the attache case how did you? Because mm. how did you come up with something like that? Because you have no, I imagine you would have had no experience in luggage making, and that's sort of same with no, the briefcase as well. How did you? Because you, you combined no. with two different companies to. Yeah, well, make that. the the people that did the woodwork are our next door neighbours and uh, my my friend's company basically, uh, who are next door to us. Um, so they are really, really, really good cabinet makers. Uh, so that was really easy because they just make really good things. Um, but uh, a, a guy that works for me who's really keen on case work and stuff, uh, somebody that we both know that he did quite a bit of, I, I trained him many, many years ago. But anyway, the, the uh, there's a, a really good case maker uh, in a town where Rob used to live and uh, he, he, he made attaché cases. And he was, he's, he's slowly been retiring for years and years and years. Um, and anyway, uh, Rob wanted to make an attaché case. So he, he went to speak to this guy and he guided him through the process and stuff. And uh, that got us started. And we, we built loads of prototypes, basically, um, and worked out with the guidance of this other case maker who, who had, he had a really established pattern that was nice, but there were it was a little bit rustic in places so there were kind of aspects where i i thought we could do it better and we kind of we we redesigned a way of doing the interior so there were no cut edges anywhere and it all fitted perfectly together and stuff like that and all of the i i hate kind of exposed fittings where you don't need exposed fittings and stuff like that so anyway we we did lots of tweaking based around the the pattern that that this uh, case maker who'd been working kind of since probably the fifties or sixties had, and so we were able to kind of to to develop it quite quickly. We 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 didn't have to start from literally as clean sheet of paper, which you could do, but it would take a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, we we kind of we did quite a lot of research and then made quite a lot of prototypes. Um, yeah. And we were lucky also that the, the cabinet makers next door are brilliant. Like they're, they're kind of a similar sort of people to us. Um, mm-hmm. And so what, what they turn out is exactly what the drawing says it should be. Yeah. Um, and it just works. And that makes life much easier. Yeah. Um, 
so so it, it, very much a team effort the attaché yeah so when you were stitching those corners on like where the leather meets did you stitch through the wood or is it just you stitching um... no you can stitch through the wood you, okay. you can stitch through the wood uh it, it, it's it's cedar so it's quite soft okay yeah so, yeah i wasn't sure so you're you're all no, you're, you, there, are, there are different ways of doing it. You, you can stitch around it um, or you can stitch through it. Both are valid techniques. I mean, you have to decide which one you're doing yeah. uh, because they have different cases. But, but um, the, uh, ours is stitched through wow, and okay. your all will go through cedar, uh, okay. which is what the, what the carcass is made from. Yeah. That's what, one of the reasons why it is made from cedar. Yeah. yeah and like shoe trees are made from cedar as well, cedar wood. Yes, yeah, yeah, for similar reasons. Uh, good, good to deter insects, all that kind of stuff. Uh, good for for humidity and moisture, and yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly the same reason that shoe trees are made from it, and they're light. Yeah, which of course you want an attaché case to be. Uh, so, so yeah, so I guess that would make sense. And if if it's getting wet, uh, attaché case, so it wouldn't damage the wood if it got wet. I mean, it would damage it less. Oh, I mean, yeah. In an ideal world, it wouldn't get wet. But um, yeah, it'll it'll survive better if it does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so because your products take so long to develop, um, mm. and I say that in a good way, not not in a bad way. Because yeah, yeah. Um, well, it's both actually, but yeah, yeah. Is there? Um, do you get impatient that it that it takes so long? Because I um. Uh, yeah, I can do. You can you can get paralysed by uh, well by not having enough time to develop because they take yeah. ages to develop, which is what happens a lot. Uh, also, you can get paralysed by perfectionism, uh, which yeah. which also happens a lot. Uh, in as much as you you you're only prepared to uh, produce a, as perfect things as you can, and therefore quite often things don't happen because you they're not going to be perfect. Um, so yes, uh, I, I never really by the time, but, but by the, by the fact that things don't get developed when there's lots of good ideas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's also, there's never enough hours in the day. Yeah. Um, uh, and, and given more hours in the day, uh, there would be more, uh, a broader product range. Um, yeah. but, uh, yeah, unfortunately there isn't. So, yeah. So the, the next question, so the 200 year old Russian leather, Yes. I mean, I was talking to a mate about it the other day and I showed him some photos and yeah, you made that watch strap and that sort of stuff. And I tried to find some. Yeah. And good luck, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think there is any available for sale anywhere. Um, not to my knowledge, anyway. Um, the, it, was more, it was more readily available going back some time. But, yeah. but really, the, there's a few small people like us uh who have some and cleverly i think has some i think swain Aidney brig brig no purdy's probably have some but basically it's all gone in yeah. in, in as much as it's all with the people who will ultimately make stuff with it yeah. um and i don't think the people who make stuff with it have very much left uh really at all uh yeah. because it, it was all recovered a long time ago yeah um, yes. It's not still. There's actually there's, there's still quite a lot of the sea bottom, um, but I think all, all of it that can be recovered has been recovered. Yeah. Um, and it's obviously by night. You know, there's a ship's worth, and that's it. And and it was recovered quite a long time ago. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's basically unavailable. Um, wow. The I, I I come across uh, kind of offcuts and things like that from time to time from people, you know, just from from contacts in in the in the trade. But really, basically, it's it, it is no longer commercially available, uh, other than as a product from somebody that's got some. Yeah. So could you could you tell the story of of the how um, what how, like of the leather? Yeah, and sort of how roughly you, how um, you got your hands on it. I'm not I'm not a massive. Well, the the um, I I know a guy who. Um, who knows the person that did the recovering, um, wow. and I, I get my leather from from him, basically, um, and the, he's he's got a little bit left, um, yeah. and I hope to get a little bit more from him at some point, mm-hmm. uh, but that's it basically. Yeah. Um, so as ever, it's 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 who you know rather than what you know. Yeah. Um, but he he was a friend of the guy that did the did the diving, um, so he made cases from from this stuff kind of in the seventies wow. and eighties um, when it was it was a bit expensive, but but it was not you know it wasn't it was a cool and interesting leather with a good yeah. story, and it was you know it might have been half as expensive again as as normal leather, but that was it, yeah. um, so it wasn't particularly rare or anything because it was a whole shitload and you don't really think well in 30 years this will run out and it'll be worth a fortune um yeah. and yeah i'm just just yeah just lucky to know him really um so yeah that's that's where we get ours from um n- n- can't mention any names and all of that kind of stuff obviously but uh yeah that's 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 where we get ours from yeah um and it, it's nice it's nice to have have it like one step away from the the original finder because I wouldn't be at all surprised if there isn't stuff with rather dodgy provenance kicking around yeah. uh, to be perfectly honest but yeah. at least I, I can be confident that I know exactly where where ours did come from yeah uh, so yeah yeah so it was I look, I'm just looking it up so the Russian reindeer leather stamps, Russian reindeer stamped in the 1786 yeah. so so when 1786 you... in the I'll go on. I was going to say in the in the Bristol Sound, um, the whether whether in fact it is reindeer, nobody really knows. There's no okay. actual proof it's reindeer. Um, it was it was looked at by a group of experts when it was recovered, and they all scratched their chin, um, and they thought, mm, well, not sure what this is. Possibly it's, it could be reindeer. Um, it's, I, to my knowledge, it's never been DNA tested or anything. I don't, I, yeah. I don't know if you can even do that with leather uh, of this vintage. Um, but the consensus of opinion was it was reindeer. But um, of this type of leather, I think 98% or something of it ever made was, in fact, calf. So the balance of probability, I think, is actually it's calf. Uh, but officially, it's reindeer. Yeah. Um, because it seems incredibly unlikely that given how small a, an amount of the leather that was made was reindeer, that this is reindeer. Okay. Um, but perhaps I'm being too, too literal in my interpretation of the numbers. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a really interesting leather. It's, it's an output of pre-revolutionary uh, Russia. And the, it was, it was um, a fairly key 
czarist output and the it was the the method of production kept secret i don't know how it was controlled but anyway it was kept secret um and after the the fall of the czars the secret was lost and thus the leather stopped being made anymore um yeah which actually but it was it was like it was re- it was a really big production item um it was really common it was used for loads of stuff it was book binding it was upholstery it was military stuff um i can't re- remember if it was used for shoes but i suspect it was mm-hmm. for, like all kinds of things because yeah. rather like cedar it was it's quite oily it's quite repellent for insects and all the kind of stuff that would have been important important 150 yeah. years ago um so it's it's story is really interesting um it, it, it's it's a really interesting leather interesting leather to work with uh, I, I was working with some this morning um it's a two two watch straps um the leather from different skins um and they're entirely different to each other different wow. color different texture uh yeah. look look totally different if if uh if i didn't know exactly what they were if they were put like if i put put them in front of you you wouldn't identify it as the same same um leather in any way shape or form yeah so is it it obviously oh you can sorry i was just going to say it's obviously the the conditions the leather's been in under the sea varies and all of that kind of stuff so you you get quite different kind of looks from different pieces yeah so is it so they don't know how it was tanned at all they have no idea there's certainly there's no historical documents detailing how it was tanned um that people have researched it and uh like we we work with bakers quite a lot in devon and their curderasi that we use for stuff like our attache and stuff is basically a modern version of the russian calf um and they they did it by research uh basically they 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 worked out how it was done um and did lots of prototyping um and produced a leather that was basically identical um nobody there's no there's no method that has been written down as such yeah. uh it's only through kind of working stuff out that we know really yeah so i so say bakers know how they actually sell like the, a, a replica sort of of that yeah okay yeah yeah which we use a lot the, the curder rossi leather that we use is is effectively a replica of the russian yeah. reindeer or russian calf it's calf leather yeah uh, and it, it's it's it, pretty much indistinguishable really wow. from from the metacaterina leather really yeah so with the with that reindeer i mean reindeer calf the russian well, the russian leather is it is it a thick yeah. leather or is it a thin like what sort of would it be 1.5 millimeters it varies okay no no it's normally thick but it, it does it varies quite a lot it, yeah. it does vary quite a lot you can find it find it up to two and a half um yeah. It, it's it's quite quite a variable leather. Their uh, splitters would have been pretty inconsistent, um, yeah. and I think the the leather on the ship probably it would have been been relatively unsplit, so it would have been thinner thinner at the shoulder and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it kind of varies from kind of one point, probably four to probably two and a half. Yeah. So so do you ha- do you have much much of it? You said you... a little bit left okay. uh not not masses like not making a briefcase worth but but a bit yeah we've 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 got a few watch straps and stuff like that like that to hand um and you know maybe a wallet or two and things like that and and i might be able to 
get my hands on a little bit more but but uh yeah like really small quantities like really small quantities oh, that's remarkable it, w- it would be expensive to to get some i guess yeah it is, it is yeah yeah and and right it's it's probably the rarest leather in the world i suspect wow. so so when you when you do make your watch straps with it um because like you said there probably would be knockoffs and all that sort of stuff do you have to provide like documentation to to the customer to um, not really i mean okay. it's just just kind of on trust really isn't it okay like yeah. the the we, we 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 know the provenance and people know us and uh that's it really um i mean whether 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 people uh want documentation and provenance i'm i'm not sure but th- there isn't really any documentation or provenance for any of it um other than kind of from a company saying well this is this is russian reindeer because there was never any any documentation provided with it in the first place yeah okay. um no, so okay. you kind of at that, that at that point you're you're already knackered aren't you really because if, if the guy that recovered it didn't provide any documentation then any documentation after that yeah, inherently is yeah, is probably true. dubious um but no no it's simply it, it's yeah it, it, any, any provenance or any documentation anybody comes up with is is probably fake anyway so no okay um yes yeah, so i don't look for anyone who's selling you documentation yeah <laughs> <laughs> no don't, if, it, if it has documentation it's probably fake yeah um um so sort of these two tie in together so advice for crafters with their businesses how how to be a craftsman and a businessman so there's sort of and then sort of like how do you how do you leave your mark because obviously the, the the internet has just exploded like you're not competing with a leather worker down the road you're competing with mm. people in different continents um so yeah. with the craftsman this is sort of a, a uh, so it's probably not an accurate point but sort of just for the sake of argument so the craftsman wants to make beautiful things out of the most expensive leather etc thread buckles but then the businessman wants to sort of yeah wants to not every businessman but just for the question wants to like cut cost maximize mm-hmm. profit as a craftsman and a business owner how do you balance the two well, I'm not sure I do. I, I <laughs> invariably do the first. Uh, yeah. uh, in, in that, I invariably use the most expensive leather and buckles and thread and stuff. Um, and it, it, the, the the only uh, bit of being a businessman going on is attempt to charge a, an appropriate price for the cost of materials uh, and time yeah. that we're using. Uh, but I, I see no problem whatsoever in in. Uh, using all of the most expensive stuff that I can come across, provided it's also the nicest stuff I can come across. Uh, and that is, that's literally exactly what we do. Um, the, I, if you're going to go to the trouble of making something by hand, I can't see the, like, one of, one of the maxims we've always used within the business is, is you can't compete with China. Um, mm-hmm. And it's not even worth it. So, like, don't even go there if you if you don't want to make an expensive product don't bother making it by hand because you're you're just on a hiding to nothing um you can't compete with uh amazon and ebay and you 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 never will really um the people that that 
do compete with China probably have a factory and are probably doing all of the things that you say, cutting all of the corners that you, you talk about. Um, and it would probably make you more money than I am, in fairness. Um, so I, I'm not sure I'm, I'm not necessarily a source of good advice in as much as I am 100% on the use the most expensive stuff you can find end of the scale. Um, and we try to make that work through stuff like the videos and educating people why using the most expensive stuff you can find is actually a good idea and why paying for it is a good idea. And that's that's what we try to do is we try to say, well, look, this is what we do and this is why it's a good thing and you should this is why you should pay us for it. Yeah. Um, and hopefully enough people uh, agree with us that they do. Um, and that is that's basically our business model. Yeah. Um, and I'm if you're making stuff by hand, I slightly struggle to see the value in in another way of doing it, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's quite a hard one. The, the, I'm sure that I'm sure there are others there, uh, other business models, but I've never seen a a clear way of doing it. Really, um, yeah. you know, you've you've seen the factory world of leather production. Yeah. That and and even that's not competing with China because the RM stuff's quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I, I bet actually, I bet. Well, it's more so in that sort of business world. It's sort of um, instead of one craftsman doing the all the items, it's it's split it's into stuff. yeah, it's split yeah. into one person yeah. because that increases speed. Because um, you know, it's, it's still a bit handy. Yeah, which yeah. it clearly does. Yeah, I mean, I just. I mean, I, I'm I'm very much an all or nothing person, yeah. and I think if you're gonna if you're gonna do it, you may as well do it properly, um, yeah. and um, and try and do try and make the best of of whatever it is that you're trying to make, and and that's the only model I've ever really been interested in, yeah. um, and I, I do I mean I I, th- I think the only other way that you could do it is is go 100% the other way. Um, yeah. If you if you if your interest was making money, uh, you would either have to factory produce stuff um, in your native country, uh, as well as you could, whilst keeping costs very 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 much under control, and and uh, jump on the it's made in your, in my home country bandwagon, be it UK, USA, wherever, um, which I think in like. In America would work, in the UK would probably work if you, you know, if you if you could could build that factory, uh, or, but but it's it's a very precarious position to be in, mm. um, and a very difficult position to be in. And like we we get lots of people contact us saying, well, you know, we'd we'd like to make X, Y, and Z for our business, and we're trying to find somebody to make it, and the. In the UK, at least, people actually making things is a really rare thing. I imagine it probably is in Australia as well, because there's so much production gone to China that yeah, actually and, trying to find somebody that can make anything is really difficult. Yeah, and it's um, also the like university has been like through. I know through my schooling, it's like university, university, and you sort of you, yeah, it's all yeah, and and then it's all academic stuff. Um, yeah, and that's all. That's all. 
it's obviously uh, good and useful, but but not helpful if you want to want to make things really. Um, so so yeah. So I'm, I mean, I don't know whether that's actually good advice or not, but but I, I I'm one hundred percent clear on what 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 we yeah. do. Yeah. And yeah. we we just go and find the best of whatever it, it yeah. is that we need and use it. Yeah. And I just I. I well, I, 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 I don't I don't think. Well, a couple Sorry, of, carry on. Yeah, well, the couple of things because like the well, the trades that you are familiar with are more so like the electrician, carpentry, and you don't really you forget about shoemaking, leather work, um, mm. and of stuff. But to your point, I actually quite like that answer because it's like you said, it's like like an all all all, all or nothing, and you can focus on the all. It's not like you're trying to yeah um, lower the bar, but and it's no. sort of. Yeah, always, always try and raise the bar. Yeah, it's that's all. That's always the game. Is is if in doubt, make it better. Yeah, and um, yeah, and, and you know, you've you've got to be a bit careful. You don't make your prices completely insane, <laughs> and you've you've got to, um, like, if you want to sell something expensively because you've used really good materials, is you've 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 got to be able to back up. Mm-hmm what you're saying about what you're making with the, th- the thing you're physically making. You've got yeah. to be able to turn out the work. It's, you can turn really, really expensive materials into a really rubbish product really easily. Yeah. Um, so you've got to actually uh, walk the walk as well as talk the talk. We yeah. always say you, you, you sell, the, sell the sizzle, but you have to deliver the sausage. Yeah. Um, but if you can do that, then, then the only business model of value, as I say, I think is, is, is always upping the ante. Uh, and always make it better, not worse. And yeah. uh, the you know the, the the only direction the price should go is up. Um, yeah. And and you know value your time, value what you're doing, um, and sell it at an appropriate price. Yeah. Um, and try to try to find the audience for the thing that you want to make. Yeah. Don't devalue. Don't 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 make the cheapest thing that you can find, and then try to sell it to lots of people. Yeah. Um, and I think all of these things are exactly the opposite of what you learn in business school. Um, but to a certain extent, it's worked for us. Yeah. Yeah, um, I like that. Because... But you... you... Oh, I'll just say, I'll just say, I like that because like, if you sell a wallet or a belt for like $200 or something like that or 150 you have to make that product look $150. It's not, yeah, i got to sell. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's, it's the pressure to deliver as well. Yeah, you, you've got to deliver. Yeah, you you, you 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 sell the sizzle, but you deliver the sausage, and you've got to deliver the sausage. Otherwise, the, the customer won't come back, and yeah. or will slag you off on the internet. Yeah. Um, and that's you. You can't have that if you want if you want to do it in the in yeah. the long run. Um, yeah. But yeah, that 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 would be my advice. And that, I mean, it's it's yeah, it's what we've always done. Yeah. Um, and it's a, it's a mistake to undervalue what you do i think yeah. um do, do do the best that you can yeah uh in in all things yeah. and and people will come to you hopefully yeah and that sort of ties into the next one so like when you um so because there's such competition leaving your mark and that's sort of just been your mark that you've left like just don't try and fight these people just make it just do your own thing. I mean, yeah. when we first like we, when we first started doing what we do, there weren't a lot of people doing it, and we kind of 
changed the way that the market operates to an extent. Like no people didn't uh, offer kind of effectively bespoke stuff on the internet yeah. back in the day when we first started doing it. Like you could choose black, brown, or you know a, a tan for a belt, yeah. and that was it. And like the the way that we sell stuff and the you know x number of threads and x number of leathers and all that kind of stuff um was a reasonably unique way of doing it um so back in the day what we were doing was fairly innovative really and obviously every man and his dog's doing it now uh, which yeah. is fine um but but th- thinking a little bit outside the box is always a good way of, of leaving your mark but i think i think just just doing d- doing you to 100 percent is is the way of doing it really um and like we probably have a reasonably coherent kind of house style now um and i think i think that's the way that we would try to 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 not leave a mark because that's something you do kind of in in the past tense isn't it so if we were gone what mark the, the mark we would probably leave if we were gone is probably actually the videos which is slightly sad and and uh, lots of leather goods in the world that hopefully people like uh but but in terms of of you know thinking about how you're defined i think i think we have a, a reasonably coherent look and style and uh kind of craftsmanship and hopefully people would would recognize what we do yeah. maybe some of them yeah. um and i think yeah i think so i don't know does that answer the question no no that, that yeah that's that's yeah that's quite satisfactory yeah it, yeah it's just, it's just yeah like in a competing like, world and i think yeah i think you just in a compete well in a compete how do you compete in a competing world I, I i mean i think i think i'll probably answer it in the same way to be perfectly honest i think i think you you, you be yourself uh you you need to have yeah a vision of what it is that you're you're trying to achieve not stolen from somebody else or a vision of what it is that you want to do and what you want to make and you do it uh and you're persistent um yeah. and if if people buy into that then you'll have success if yeah. if they don't then possibly you won't yeah. uh, or you'll need to rethink your vision uh but but persistence and uh stubbornness and boneheadedness is the is the way forward in a lot of ways i think mm-hmm. uh because if you like if you if you think oh well such and such a person is having success with that i'll go do that like that you're not bringing anything unique to to it really unless you think well they're having success with that but i can do it loads better then that's yeah. probably fine uh, yeah. but you, you, the the thing that you bring to the game that is unique is you uh yeah. and it's got to be you know you've got to interpret whatever it is you're doing such that you're happy with it that you like it and all that yeah. kind of stuff and it's your i guess it's your aesthetic judgment and your craftsmanship that makes it unique yeah. and that is that that's that's how you define your own stuff really isn't it okay yeah that that, that makes a lot more sense now that that yeah a lot i do yeah that makes a lot more sense because you're like a cookie cutter so no it's pointless again don't compete with china you know you you you, if if all you're doing is copying other people's stuff then it's it's you're bringing nothing to the table because you can't do somebody else better than they can do themselves um so you've got to You've got to develop your own style, 
yeah. or your own things or whatever and um you know, which is a gradual process and everybody does it in a kind of in a in a gradual way but but i think i think you you've you've you shouldn't ever just go and and think right that looks good i'll do that it's got yeah. to, it's got to be your own spin on it be it you know different techniques or different leathers or different colors or you know there's 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 loads of ways of of doing it differently and it doesn't have to be different for different sake but it's got to be your own take on yeah. whatever that thing is that you're making such that it's unique to you yeah i think yeah like if you think about a, a cup a cup is basically a cup isn't it but like there's a gazillion different designs some of some of whom will speak to some people and some of whom will speak to other people yeah. and it's about the kind of the design elements that the cup maker has brought to that cup isn't it because it's basically it's still just a cup or a wallet is just a wallet it's the different kind of ways of interpreting how it's made and the you know it could be the ethics behind it or it could be the the leathers that are used or the stitching techniques like yeah. there's a, there's a there's there's so many facets that that you can make your own um that it's just it's yeah it's it's thinking right i want to make an x uh how do i do that such that it's my x not somebody else's x yeah okay really. that, that, that that makes a lot more sense um no, th thanks charlie for coming on like with your knowledge it's been it's been excellent to hear from you absolutely my pleasure thank you very much for for inviting me it's lovely to talk to you i hope i haven't been too incoherent or no. boring on the subject of no no, stitch. no 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 i'm interested in stitching so yeah, don't stress about that <laughs> good it's a good thing